Well, men, we are once again out in the garage. It's Friday, that's what we do. It's not cold, but it's chilly. It's colder than what it was. But let me get right on to it because uh, it's Friday, because we are out in the garage. That means this podcast is sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. Listen, you've been listening to this podcast for a while. You are well aware of darkwaterkc.com. You should also be well aware that Doug, during the month of December, is offering 25% off of your beard care product selection. So get those stocking stuffers, get a little something for yourself. You know, when all those boxes are coming in, you just slide a little something for yourself in there. Nobody will be none for the wiser. Uh, This is the, in my hand, the out in the garage scent. And uh, it is fantastic. And again, if you listen to this podcast, you're well aware of that scent. But I'm looking at the site right now, and I want to tell you from personal experience, St. Nick Beard Balm and Beard Oil Combo, that might be the way you want to go especially during the Christmas season. Now, I've said before, my wife is pro-beard, and you say, well, my wife is against it. Boy, she doesn't like it. Uh, Grow one. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. So you grow a beard, you got to take care of it, right? You're going to take care of your skin, take care of the beard. I don't do a lot, and uh, my morning routine is pretty simple, but I'm telling you, you're going to want to have proper beard oil. So out in the garage, beard oil, out in the garage, beard balm, but go to darkwaterkc.com. The the link is in the show notes. Hey, we're going through really the story of Christmas. And I said week one that this story of Christmas, Matthew and Luke, you could kind of like juxtapose them and put them right next to each other because they're both telling the same story. They're just giving you some different aspects of it. And so today I want to kind of walk through, talk through Matthew chapter two. Like always, I don't read this to you. I'll read little elements of it and little portions of it. I'd encourage you, read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it for what I'm saying, but read it for yourself. And maybe you picked up on it. Matthew 2, all capital letters, number 2. That's your discount code uh, for this week when it comes to darkwaterkc.com. So it begins with this. After Jesus was born, so we've moved beyond the stable, okay? After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has born, been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose and we have come to worship him. I think it goes without saying, wise people still worship Jesus. Wise, pe- wise people still seek Jesus. You know, before I try to unpack this for you in this podcast format, this this compressed conversation that I essentially have with you. Uh, There's a couple things I want to just honestly convey to you uh, when it comes to this. When I look at the Christmas story, and I mean not just read it, and I'd encourage you to just read it or memorize it. My uh, my kids have been memorizing Luke 2 every year during the Advent season. They say it. They can say it verbatim, all three of them. It is pretty cool. My wife just made that a discipline before they could participate in the Advent calendar or anything like that. I will say this. Uh, when I really get into the story, the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus and the early years, if you will, of Jesus, there's a lot of things I probably didn't have right. There's a lot of things I probably just assumed to be true or just, you know what, we, we've done it that way so long or we just, um, you know, it's part of the story. It's part of the way we grew up knowing it. And, um, you know, the wise men taking a couple years to get there or, you know, kind of not to say taking a couple years, but getting there a couple years later. That's probably not something that was always on my radar. And the other thing is this. You could spend weeks upon weeks breaking text like this down. 
And I want to emphasize that because, again, I think maybe it's the brevity of the, the December season and you know, maybe it's a sermon series or it's a Christmas play or it's a devotional or an Advent calendar or whatever. We really just like squish all this stuff right together so it fits in this really perfect, digestible Christmas story. Even what I'm doing here, week three, looking at the wise men, which will be in, you know, maybe a couple of years down the road. It took them a while to get there. So we need to keep in account, again, this is after the birth of Jesus. He's not in the barn anymore. Um, and so what Matthew wants to show us is kind of the response and the reception of the entire world to the birth of this newborn king. Creation responds by putting this miraculous star in the sky to tell the world that a king has been born. There are people on the planet during that time said, no question about it, something has happened. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17 says, I see him now. I see him, forgive me, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down the sons of Sheth. So you know, before Jesus arrived, again, a prophecy that, hey, something like this is going to happen. Uh, Gentiles respond to this birth by worshiping him and bringing him gifts. And Matthew does a great job in his gospel showing that Jesus came to earth, one of the reasons, to redeem and save Gentiles. And so these men are kind of scientists, uh, astrologers, if you will. They're studying the heavens. And this star essentially is going to lead them to scriptures, and the scriptures is going to lead them to the Savior. It's amazing how God does that. Creation, some kind of encounter with God, gets you to the Word, word ultimately gets you to Jesus. Psalm uh, 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. That's why we're a firm believer here with the pursuit of manliness. We talk about pursue wilderness, get outside, take people with you. But sometimes you just need to go by yourself. Sometimes if the weather's right and the sky's kind of the way it needs to be, go outside and just try to count the stars. Just take a look at the heavens. And I think you say, boy, I'm not as big as I thought I was. We had a time where a couple years ago we went to the Outer Banks and it was just my wife and, and kids. And we had this um, house and this house had this you know porch area. And when they were all kind of either watching a movie or maybe laying down for the night, I would go out there and just sit and just look at the sky because it's so different away from the city. And just marvel, if you will, at the sky and, and the moon and the stars and you know what you could hear and what you could see and it's just a reminder that man our God loves to show off and he does this every single day how does Herod respond Herod responds with fear and deception he wanted nobody to threaten uh, his his throne or his crown the chief priests and the scribes give the right information what do they say uh, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Of course he was, and all of Jerusalem with him. Maybe a little bit of hyperbole here, but a lot of people were upset. We'll get into that more in just a second. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said, Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, O and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come a ruler who, who will shepherd my people Israel. These these wise men, they had an incredible cost to get to the place where they're at, right? And where do you go if you're looking for a king? 
Well, I'm going to go to a palace. If I go to England and I'm looking for King Charles, and I'm not, in case you're listening to this and you think I'm looking, you know. But if I if I were to say, hey, I want to go see where the king is, I'm probably not going to one of the soccer stadiums. I'm probably not going to Big Ben. I'm definitely not going, according to my international brothers, to Hyde Park. Like, I'm not going to these places. I'm going to go to where I think the king's going to be. And that's what these wise men do. And so as they go, there's a, there's a massive cost. There's a cost in time. There's a cost in their finances, because this isn't going to be free. There's a cost in their safety, right? A great effort was put in, a great cost, if you will, in worship is not necessarily convenient and it can cost much effort and much expense but i'll tell you what it is always worth it but there are people who will not exert any energy to worship they just won't but these smart guys do go back to verse two they said where is he who has been born the king of the jews we saw his star they knew whose star it was how about that when it rose and have come to worship him uh, you know there's a lot of suggestions and there's a lot of commentators who will say you know what this star was or was this you know Jupiter and Saturn in some kind of alignment or was this something I don't know what it was I'm not smart enough to tell you right now this is exactly what it was but I'll tell you what it was significant enough that men in that field of study said we need to go check this thing out this this is a big deal and the wise men called it his star, right? We're going to see his star. And uh, so the wise men go, and they're going to get a little uh, clarification. Who do they get the clarification from? Chief priests, scribes, people who are privy to the study of the word. But when the wise men hear the response, what they say, uh, here's what it says. Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. This is verse 7 of chapter 2. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. Yeah. And so after listening to the king, they went on their way. Does that include the chief priests and the scribes and the people that knew scriptures? Does that include Herod or anyone? No. They, they, they were not going to do that. And so after they get to this place, they say, Herod says, You need to go. And they said, You got it. They had a little bit of a Bible study. What's interesting to me is those who would be leading the Bible study, if you will, they didn't budge. So if it's true of what they just read from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, then why did those people not go anywhere? I've said it before, and I may say it again before we get out of this podcast. The, the most difficult people to reach with truth, the most difficult people to kind of move that needle spiritually, to get them out of their comfort zone, are the people who know just enough to believe they're in the light, but there's no fruit coming from their life. They don't even care there's no fruit coming from their life. They don't think that's their problem. They don't think that's their responsibility to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. They don't think it's their charge to go make disciples or evangelize the lost. They just, they got enough that they have enough knowledge. They can even search the scriptures, as Jesus said, because you think you're really going to find something, but what you're missing is, is what the scriptures are all about. You're missing Jesus. Here they had a guy who's about five miles away, and they're like, no, these guys come from the east. Where was the east? 
It was east of them, I know that, and they journeyed to get to this place. They come show up at a palace and say, where's the king? Uh, Herod's like, I'm right here. Nope, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for this. We saw a star, and when they tell him this, he's struck with fear. The religious people say, well, let's go get the books out. Let's see what we got in those manila folders. Let's go get out our moleskin journals and just see. Oh, Micah 5 says that this was going to happen. All right, you guys have a great day, right? When Herod the king heard this, I'm going back to verse 3. He was troubled all Jerusalem with him. This word troubled here literally means to shake back and forth, to become agitated as if like the example would be like boiling water. All right, you see the water boiling, you said, it's time. That's what's happening to Herod right here, right? But he's not the only one who shook. All of Jerusalem is shook with him. Now, why on earth would all of Jerusalem be shook about a baby born in a barn? This was the holy city. This is the place that should be looking for the Messiah. They should be celebrating. Man, they should be waving the branches, shooting off the fireworks, whatever. Because the people that were dwelling in darkness preferred to remain in darkness just a little bit longer. If I could just keep doing what I want, if I want to keep living by the flesh, if I want to keep justifying my actions, if I want to keep, you know, living by by lust and perversion and wickedness and greed and envy and you know i just i just i'm not ready to clean up my act yet right john 1 11, he came to his own people and his own people did not receive him man that's a sad tragic verse that certainly the religious leaders would have been disturbed as this true king now would threaten their power remember what they told jesus we've never been slaves of to anybody well check your history and check the conditions right now because as much as you think you're running things, you see that Roman guard up there in the tower? You see that guy paying attention over there? Yeah, they're all still in charge. You just want to give the impression that you're running the show. They kind of had this fake thing built on hypocrisy, not on truth. Go back to verse 10. Here and some of the wise men and secretly ascertained from them the time the star had appeared. Now tell me the first time this happened. Now Herod doesn't do this in front of a bunch of people now, does he? He does this secretly because he's deceptive. You got to hide things. You're up to no good. He sent them to Bethlehem saying, hey, go find this kid. And when you find him, let me know. That way I can go worship him too. Well, later on in the text, later on in the story, Herod's going to realize, well, he got one pulled over on him and he's going to say, kill all the baby boys two years and under. He's trying to gauge when, but based on when they first saw this star, based on when this kid was born, and the one kid he can't get to is Jesus. Because God's going to take care of him, right? Herod is in the presence of these guys. He hears a good Bible study about a birthplace Messiah, and it does him absolutely no good. Charles Spurgeon says this, When the earth king dabbles in theology, it bodes no good for truth. Herod among the priests and scribes is Herod still. Some men may be well instructed in their Bibles and yet be all the worse for what they have discovered. Man, there's a lot of people sitting in them churches every weekend. Or a lot of people who are living under the genre of, of Christian. Again, nothing Christian about them. The chief priests and the scribes, they quote to Herod, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Nothing changes. Herod deceptively tells him, hey, go find this baby and come back, and then, then I'll, I'll go too. Well, if you really wanted to worship this kid, let's say he did. Would you not go with him or with them? Of course you would. You'd say, hey, hold up. 
Why don't you ride in my chariot? We'll get there a lot faster. Why would you not just hitch a ride and say, come on, let's go. We'll carpool. Let's go to verse 9. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by a different way. Would you know it? There, once again, the star appears. Now, sitting where I sit, where you sit, regardless of, of your physical location right now, let's consider this. It would be nearly impossible for us to be able to comprehend this, right? But knowing what I know about the God of the Bible, having a star reappear or to set it right over the location of Jesus, that's no big deal, right? This is a God who can create the universe out of nothing, cause rain to flood the earth, to part the Red Sea, to have a great fish come up and swallow a man, only to regurgitate him later on, to lead a nation by cloud by day, fire by night, calm the wind and the waves with a single statement to make a star reappear. Come on, that's that's nothing. And that, that should not catch us off guard. Now, if we can attempt to explain, well, this is how it happened and this is how the, I, I, I think we're, I think we're dangerously close to trying to minimize God because this phenomenon is very intentional. This is going to be something that you say, that is a once- in a lifetime or once in a eternity moment it's it's never it's I, that will i don't believe something like that will ever quite be the same again god coming to earth invading space and time taking on flesh to be born and live amongst sinners the very people he's going to be torn to shreds for down the road and to use a star to get people there that ain't no big deal. Now, here's something interesting. I want to kind of land with this. They saw the star. They worshiped whatever. Verse, not whatever, but verse 12. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed on their own country to their own country and went their way. I wonder if all, all the guys, all the, all the wise men had the same dream that night. And they went, mm-mm, me too. <laughs> Did you? Uh, they're out there having their morning coffee or cup of tea, whatever they do over there. And said, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think we may not want to go back to old Herod and tell him, you know what's going on here, right? I've said it before. We'll say it again. Our God specializes in really getting to people when they go horizontal. You see, when they lay down and they get flat, you and I both, and you look, at the, you look up at that ceiling and you're laying there, we're all the same. It doesn't matter where you parked your car. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It doesn't matter really your relational status or anything. When someone lays flat, we're all the same. We're all, we're all just as vulnerable to anything else going on around us. Whether you lay flat in the middle of the woods, in the back of your car, doing some car camping, RV, house, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. 
just to give you some examples of this, Genesis 20, God spoke to Abimelech not to touch Sarah, and he's like, oh, I didn't touch her because I have high, high integrity. Yeah, um, I prevented you from touching her, okay? Genesis 28, Jacob has a dream about that stairway to heaven. Remember up and down? You ever made that out of pretzels and icing as a kid, right, in children's ministry? Uh, Genesis 31, Jacob has a dream about the striped and spotted flocks. He's telling his wives about it. Genesis 37, Joseph has dreams about his family bowing down to him. Genesis 40, Joseph interprets the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker's dreams while in prison. Genesis 41, uh, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams, which gets him out of, out of jail there. Uh, Numbers 20, 12, forgive me, Numbers 12, 5 through 7, God told Miriam and Aaron, and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. And he called Aaron and he called Miriam and they both came forward. And he said, hear my words. That's dangerous. Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. He goes on to say, I talked to Moses face to face like a friend. Judges chapter 7, 12 through 14, Gideon, when he doesn't want to go, you know, he's trying to delay obedience. He goes down, he overhears a guy talking about a dream he had. A guy said, nope, that's Gideon, right? Prophet Joel wrote in Joel 2, 28, shall come to pass afterwards, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see vision. Now, I'm not in the dream interpreting business. I know somebody who, uh, that's they, they, they try to interpret dreams. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I've had some dreams I wake up and go, what in the world was that? That doesn't make any sense. But I will tell you this. Our God has done it time and time again in the history of the world. You will hear from people and say, boy, when I laid down to sleep, when I was resting, or I just felt like, or whatever, and they wake up, it's a game changer, right? Again, what's the point of all this? Man, I just got to think, there might be somebody you're praying for this Christmas season say, I want them to get Jesus. Maybe they'll come to Christmas Eve service. Maybe they'll come to Christmas Day, whatever. I don't know. Or maybe you're that person. Maybe you're the person that deep down you know there's some people. There's a herd of humans praying for you. They want you to find Jesus, to really find Jesus. Herod heard the truth, okay? And he dismissed it because he was really after gain. He wasn't interested in truth. Some of y'all, maybe that's you, not interested in truth. Scribes and Pharisees, they studied the scriptures. Good job. But they never applied them. What's the point of that? The wise men? They're lost, but they found Jesus. And what did they do when they found Jesus? They worshiped him. Were they converted? I don't know. But they were far more obedient than Herod and the scribes and the Pharisees. There was one group that did worship Jesus, and they were the ones that were willing to sacrifice the most. Again, I don't exactly know how far these guys traveled, but I do have a pretty good idea that Herod, where Herod lived and where Jesus was was roughly... Five miles. Some people will not travel five miles for Jesus. You will not be inconvenienced for Jesus. They want Jesus to go to great lengths for them, but they're not willing to go five miles for Jesus. Um, here, here's what I know. You can, you can claim all the things you want to claim, but once again, you go horizontal, we're all the same. When you lay down, we're all the same. Praise God that when we are humble enough no matter how wise you think you are, but when you're humble enough to pursue Jesus, you will find him. He doesn't hide from you. You will find him. Stay the scriptures, don't do anything with them, no good. Try to get around wise people just so you can kind of get around them and, and have some kind of gain of your own. Uh, that didn't do any good either. I do know this, Herod, scribes, Pharisees, wise men, whatever, they all know whether this story is true or not. Someday, 
we'll be in that same place. So we want to make sure we get right with God. Amen. We want to make sure that we surrender our life to Jesus. And again, I know there's some people you're probably praying for, hoping they get it, hoping they might listen, hoping they might show up, hoping they might, you know, you know, soften their heart, whatever. Perhaps there'll come a point where they're willing to go five miles for Jesus. You never know. So, man, once again, thanks for listening. Always appreciate you guys listening, subscribing. I don't say this often, but please click that subscribe button because iTunes and some stuff did some changes. I subscribed to my own podcast. And I'm never notified of my own podcast. So perhaps that could happen to you. So make sure you subscribe. Always appreciate that. And get yourself some Out in the Garage beard oil. Amen. Thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.